This is Mortification of Spin, a bully pulpit from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We can continue only with your help. Visit mortificationofspin.org to make a donation or call 1-800-488-1888. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive a free resource. Welcome to the Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit, the shorter podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. I'm your host, Carl Truman, pastor of Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Ambler, Pennsylvania, and professor of church history at Westminster Theological Seminary. And I'm joined uh, by my two co-hosts, Amy Bird, housewife theologian and uh, resident of West Virginia, and the Reverend Todd Pruitt, uh, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Good to hear you, Carl. It's good to be here. Cutting straight to the chase, as always, on the bully pulpit. Yeah. Uh, been a lot of writing recently about the significant anniversary of the Supreme Court decision on the issue of abortion in Roe versus Wade. Uh, and it raises, of course, questions for us as Christians and as, as church people. Uh, how should the church be thinking about that decision? How should the church be relating to the issue of abortion, which since that ruling, of course, has become such a touchstone of identity politics and indeed of the wider political context and debate within the United States? Uh, Todd, I know Mm -hmm. that as a a theonomist, (laughs) you probably have some pretty strong opinions on this. Yes, well, in between um, stoning children for being disobedient to their parents, I, uh, I have formed a few opinions on abortion. Um, obviously, I am not a theonomist, but you know, I would, I would ask, do, do you think that, um, that Martin Luther, in, in his day, were, you know, were there, say, 56 million abortions? Do you think Martin Luther would sit back and say, you know, that's the kingdom of the world. I live in a different kingdom. Therefore, I really don't have anything to say about the uh, the killing of 56 million babies in the womb. Obviously, uh, by the tone of my voice, I think you can uh, gather that I, I have an opinion that Luther would probably not conclude it that way. But then I haven't written a $120 book on Luther, uh, as you have, <laughs> Carl. Um, uh, clearly, uh, I, I do not believe that the church is the state um, when there tries to be a mixing of the two, it's disastrous and for good reason. Um, however, I do believe that the church is to be a leavening agent for righteousness in the world. Um, I do believe that the church is to push back against the darkness. Um, we do not wage war as the world does. Uh, we shouldn't be um, uh, manipulative politicians, uh, and we should not seek political power, per se. Um, however, I think that to say that 56 million abortions belongs in a different kingdom than we occupy is a, is a very strange morality, and I don't think it's biblical. Amy, do you have any thoughts on that? I do. I wonder if sometimes we do more harm to our message than good when our ways mirror those same ways of the gay rights activists, let's say. We kind of put all of our eggs in the political cause basket, but... We, I, I fear we're losing our distinctiveness as bearing witness to the sanctity of human life. I don't know, it may sound a little out there. I've been reading um, G.K. Beale's book, uh, The Temple and the Church's Mission. 
And so he identifies the church as the temple because God's presence abides with us in a special redemptive way. And through the preached word, he's expanding his kingdom. But I think that sometimes we act as if the United States of America is the temple. Mm-hmm. And then we behave like God's made a covenant with us as a nation and that he resides with us in a special way and that right. we need to do what it takes to keep the land per se. Right, right. And, and so like, I do believe, I care very much about the sanctity of life and I think that there's many ways that we can be showing this assault and light in the world and as a witness to Christ. But um, sometimes I fear that we get caught up in the, the political causes a little too much. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I could sort of uh, phrase the question this way for you, Todd. Now, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, you don't even wear a tie. You preached right. in my pulpit. You didn't even wear a tie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a- absolute disgrace. My, my session <laughs> clerk, Dick Gaffin, reminds me that the bar was, uh, on sartorial inelegance was set very, <laughs> very yeah. high by you. Yeah. Well, but if you invite me back, I promise not to wear the, uh, the soccer shorts again in the tank top. I'll at least wear me, long sleeves. You will never be invited <laughs> back, brother. <laughs> but let's, let's say you wore a clerical collar uh-huh. to identify yourself as a pastor, typically. Yeah. Would you protest on a line outside an abortion clinic wearing a clerical collar? What I'm trying to get at, I guess, here is, would you protest abortion as a minister of the gospel or as a Christian who is a member of civic society? Um, I, I, I would have no problem protesting abortion as an ordained minister of the gospel, because that's who I am. Um, and I also believe that, um, abortion, because it's the destruction of image bearers of God, because it is, um, clear, violent evidence of the disruption of shalom, if you like, um, that it's entirely appropriate for an ordained man to, to stand in the public square as an ordained man saying, this is a violation of the justice of God. You see, I think that's probably where the difference between us lies, mm-hmm. in that I would be very comfortable protesting abortion, but I would do it as a member of civic society, a Christian who is a member of civic mm-hmm. society, if you like. Yeah. Certainly yeah. agree with you on uh, the issue of, you know, the, despite the fact that I've been characterized as a radical two kingdoms person in a number of contexts, I'm not really a radical two kingdoms guy. I'm more of a spirituality of the church man. Uh And I think there is a difference. And what I would, would see the church's role in this is by, by preaching the word week by week, Uh we shape people's characters and that affects how they cast their vote. That affects Mm -hmm. how they, operate within civic society without right. us ever micromanaging the way that they do that mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. expecting them as church members to go and, you know, if you're a church member of my church, you've got to go and protest abortion mm-hmm. outside this clinic. Right. I can't make that a requirement of church membership. Yeah, nor, nor, nor would I. In fact, I, I agree with what you said. I also agree with what Amy said very much so. I'm, I'm very concerned that through the 1980s, um, uh, the, the conservative evangelicals began to do the same thing that liberal uh, Protestants were doing back in the earlier part of the 20th century. That is, finding their hope and their their weaponry, if you will, um, in the machinations of political power. And it's wrong. Um, but I, I, I would not draw the distinction that you're drawing between uh, uh, 
standing on the public square as as an ordained man. I mean, that's who I am, um, and I believe that it to, to do so is to is is not to and, and I, I would not require church members to do that, but I, I would want to make it clear that uh, that what the state is doing is wicked and unjust, and it ought to be called that publicly. Would either of you like your church to put flags outside, let's say, on uh, abortion Sunday when when you're thinking about pro on, on pro life Sunday? Would you, as as as, as churches, do something special on that day? I would not. Um, I mean, doing something special, maybe, but putting out a flag. There's a place for for protest, I think, but um, the church is the place to proclaim the gospel. So many people come in who may have already had an abortion. They may be lost people, or they may be now Christians who have been repentant. And I don't think that, um, you know, I wouldn't want to put a pornography flag in front of my church either. I think that we need to be sensitive to everybody who's coming in and talking about bringing it inside. Like, there is a place for protest, and there's a place for us as Christian citizens. But, um, you know, if we really care about the sanctity of life— um, you know, there's some questions we can ask within the church even, like, why is it so hard to get nursery volunteers? Or, you know, are we hospitable to the youth? Um, you know, do you open up your house for them to, to gather? Do you have any over for lunch sometimes? Um, and then the, the bigger question of, okay, so let's say a teenager or a single woman or someone comes in your church and they're pregnant. And there's the shame that comes along with the sin of... Um, sex outside of marriage but how do we deal with that but then also embrace life and embrace this decision the sanctity of life being made in the image of god how can we then support that and make a person feel comfortable to even be able to come in our church right well a couple thoughts i've got first of all carl i i don't like for a country's flags to be um, displayed in a church, because one of the things, and this is this is what I think we all three would have in common on this issue, um, the place for the gathered worship of God's people is a place where we declare our allegiance to Christ um, as King, and I think to place a flag of a nation within a church's worship service is to, at best, send a confusing message, at worst, um, really divide our allegiances, so we must not do that. Um, certainly on the issue of abortion and some of these other type of issues, homosexuality, um, out of wedlock pregnancy, we, we want to do two things. We want to continue to hold forth God's standard of righteousness so that sinners can mm-hmm. repent. And we also want to make sure we're offering the balm of the gospel mm-hmm. to those who repent. If we, if we don't, if, if we do only one of those and not the other, then we, then we err. And so for instance, in the abortion debate, there is clearly, I believe, a place for polemical speech. Jesus employed polemical speech. The apostles employed polemical speech. So there's a place for for a a clear denunciation um, to to those who who work evil. Um, But we also must hold forth the tender and compassionate message of a Savior who forgives all who repent. Uh, But we must do both, I believe. Yeah. There are some things we, we agree about. We, we agree about um, the wickedness of abortion. We, we agree um, that it's a, a, a travesty. 
um, and and I think where where we have to work things out is what is the responsibility then of the church? I I see it as an issue of justice. I get frustrated with you know maybe a a PCA church in a big city that wants to appeal to people and say they're about justice, but they won't ever mention abortion. I think that that's hypocrisy. Um, but that's getting us into a whole other realm. Um, I, uh, but, but I do believe that, uh, that speaking publicly on the issue of abortion is a way for the church to be that leavening agent of righteousness and a, and a reminder of God's uh, justice. Now, I don't want to get the last word. So, <laughs> Well, I be- want to say that, you know, I, I also want to end the episode just expressing my gratitude and thankfulness. My mom, this is a personal issue for me. My mom was pregnant with me when she was 16 mm. years old. And my dad and my mom chose life, and Praise I'm God. forever grateful for that. Yep. Praise God. And and the hope is, is that the church, and I think this is what you were getting at also, for a 16-year-old girl who finds herself pregnant, the mm-hmm. church needs to be there ready exactly. to support and to love and How to affirm to that decision for life and to say to that young girl, okay, there is a sin here, but you're doing the right thing, and we're going to help you do the right thing. Right. Or are you going to say, uh, you shamed us as a church right. body? Right. Right. Exactly. Well, that's good. And I think that's a good note to, to end on, because uh, we would certainly strongly agree um, on that point. So uh, thank you for joining us for uh, Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit for Carl Truman and for Amy Bird. This is Todd Pruitt. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. This has been a Bully Pulpit from Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Just for listening, we'd like to give you a free resource. Visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to find a link to the download. Mortification of Spin is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Alliance ministries include reformation21.org, every last word with Philip Reichen, and events held from Florida to Sacramento. To learn more about the Alliance, visit AllianceNet.org or call 800-488-1888. We can only continue to bring you Mortification of Spin with your support. To make a donation, please visit MortificationOfSpin.org or call 800-488-1888. Please listen again and don't forget your free download.